We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into the uh, final edition of 2021. Not the final edition of Mind on My Money, but the final edition of Mind on My Money for 2021. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me today as well. We'll kind of review the year that was 2021 as we tape this on about midday on Thursday, December the 30th. Hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas. And uh, or Hanukkah or whatever, uh, which of those holidays that you celebrate. And I hope that uh, everyone has a safe and happy new year as we turn to 2022 on uh, Saturday. So uh, first, before we get to uh, the show, I'll tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. You call it. You ask for uh, my buddy, Corey. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people about Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you guys. Indeed. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, I am excited about... I am really excited about, uh, for whatever reason, I know we were talking about this pre-show, I'm, I'm kind of giddy um, today. We've done a lot of work here at Pinnacle this, this year, and this year for us has been really a year of a transition. Um, we started, you know, I know we've talked about it on the show a good bit. We started back in, um, in November of last year planning for this huge transformation um, from techno- from a technology standpoint, from our our custodian, which is who, um, you know, one of our, our most important uh, partners for our firm. That's where our clients' assets are are kept safe and the reporting comes from and all those things. We kind of, we really built a brand new business inside of Pinnacle and then converted um, Pinnacle Trust into 
pinnacle wealth. And man, we are, uh, and you know, Neil, maybe that is some, a little bit of my giddiness too, is, is we're at the finish line, man. Like I'm about to run across and hit the tape, like arms in the air, tapes hitting the belly. Um, we, we finished man. And it feels really good, uh, to do that. And, and next year, or I'm hoping next year will be our year of kind of normalcy with, uh, you know, getting back to not building brand new business and converting a business, but just, you know, all we think about and all we do is, is take care of our clients. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things, and we'll kind of get into it in the show a little bit too, is, um, 2022 is going to look different than 21. I'm not sure how yet, how it'll look different yet, but I know that the Fed will have some impact. Uh, I still think it's going to be, man, I still think it's going to be a good environment for stocks, which, is really kind of it's it's hard to believe that those words are coming out of my mouth, but the way that it's setting up, it, it looks like it's going to be another at least high single, maybe low double digit year, and we're ending this year kind of up, you know, assuming that nothing crazy happens today or tomorrow, we'll probably be up about twenty seven percent on the S and P five hundred, about twenty percent on the Dow, um, you know, which and then about twenty percent on the tech stocks, the Nasdaq, so. It's a, it's been a year of dispersion, but, um, it's been a wild ride. It's going to continue to be, it's going to continue to be a yo-yo, um, you know, going forward. And I guess I said all that to say, man, we are excited about this new year. Um, we're excited about the direction of our firm, our team. Um, we're all kind of energized. It's been a, (laughs) it's been a tough year for us with just workload, not, you know, well, I guess other things, you know, it feels like a yo-yo with all the Rona stuff, which I'll try to stay as, as much away from Rona today as possible, but it'll be hard to not talk about it. Um, but man, we're excited. And, you know, if, if folks are out there doing it on their own, um, you know, and, and they've got knots in their stomachs or, you know, or people are, are having some life event happen ha- happening where, you know, it's the end of the, the year, um, you're retiring or changing jobs or something like that. Um, those are, those are really good times to, to get with an advisor and just talk about, you know, what do the next couple of years look like? And if you don't have an advisor, um, or you have one that you're just not jiving with, uh, give us a shot. You can call us at 601-957-0323, uh, or email us at info at my P I N N wealth.com. And, you know, someone from our team will respond back. It's not, it's not always me that, that responds because sometimes I get a little bit buried in other stuff, but, uh, but we've got a good team here that's really capable. So when you look back on 2021, start start with financial ramifications and such. What sticks out? Man, you know, when we finished 2020, and that was <laughs> that was such a crazy year. Yeah. And it feels like that was five years ago, and that was – I mean, well, the, literally the end of 2020 was just a year ago. Um, there's just, there's a, there's a time warp. I think Rona warped all of our brains with, with, you know, with, with, uh, being able to put timelines down, but, um, you know, 2020 was a surprisingly good year. Uh, I kind of figured we would end positive. I didn't think that stocks were going to end, you know, positive as much as they did, and we made like we made some adjustments at the end of 2020 to reflect the economic cycle that you know that we thought we were in which we were 
we were correct. We were we were back into an, an early cycle expansion period in the economic cycle. Um, and I thought that this year, 21, was going to be a good year, um, but I didn't expect it to be as good of a year as it has been. Um, you know, and if you're just talking about, you know, simple math and averages and, you know, the S&P 500 – on average returns, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 12% range, you know, each year. And we've had several years back to back where we've had, you know, 20% returns plus in the market. And that's just not, that's not normal, right? That's uh. so at some point there's got to be a reversion to the mean, unless the averages are going to be set to a new level. And so I, you know, my expectations for this year was, that stocks were still going to be good. So we stayed overweight stocks in all of our portfolios. We were underweight bonds in all of our portfolios. And I I had my hedges in just because I was like, I was optimistic, but I was like, eh, let me, let me put that insurance in there just in case, you know, the proverbial defecation hits the hot, the oscillation again. And uh, we had a little bit of that in the third, in the third quarter of, uh, of this year. And our hedges, you know, did it, did exactly what they were supposed to. Um, but I didn't expect us to end up, you know, positive, you know, 27 ish percent in the S and P, which is a lot made up of a lot of growth names and a lot of technology names. Uh, the Dow, which is a little bit more of the bellwether blue chip companies that are, you know, dividend payers. They also, there's also a few, you know, Dow's made up of 30 companies. The S and P 500 is made up of 498. So, um, you know, the S and P is a lot more diverse, but, but it is a lot, it is more tech heavy. Um, and, but both either, no matter what, either, you know, whether you're looking at the Dow or the S and P, uh, they both had, they both had really, really good years. Uh, so all client portfolios, you know, as long as you were invested, you know, in stocks, you know, or had some stock exposure to your portfolio, you had a good year. Um, and so for next year, I'm kind of looking at looking at it going, well gosh, are we going to be able to pull off another positive years in the mar- another positive year in the markets with, you know, the Fed maybe uh, you know, beginning to to raise rates next year. Um, you know, the inflation has kicked in. But man, inflation is also a sign of a healthy economy. The economy looks looks pretty good, you know, at the moment overall. I I realize we still have some supply chain stuff that will get worked out. And I mean, and that's one of my, my big themes too, is if we get a lot of this supply chain stuff worked out this year, that that's going to put more fuel, you know, into the jet engines. So what are you watching on the supply chain stuff? Is it about mandates and truck drivers and all that stuff? Or is it, is it a bigger picture than that? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with logistics. Once it gets to our shores, you know, it's logistics. Um, but you know, outside of that, it's going to be, you know, our manufacturers or producers that used to be heavily dependent on the emerging market space, whether it's China, um, whether it's, um, you know, India that's, that's helping them produce, if they can get their goods, you know, going again, um, and, you know, and get back to some type of normal, or if they decide, Hey, you know, we're going to be companies that decide we're going to be less dependent on China in these last two years, and have started getting some manufacturing online 
in different in different locations. So the supply chain glut will end up, you know, end up working itself out um, at some point. It may not be this year it, or 2022. It could be um, could be 23. And then you're 100 percent correct. Uh, you know, mandates on logistics will, you know, if if there's a vaccination mandate for trucking companies, that is going to that's going to that's going to uh, cause a little bit more uh, of a, I'd call that my bear case, you know, where there's going to be more volatility just because there's going to be less goods. So it's going to just keep inflation, you know, burning at a little bit higher rate. Yeah. Um, I guess when you look back on 2021, what were the, what are the stories that stick out in your mind? Obviously there was COVID that we dealt with from start yeah. to finish. I mean, from the literally from the the moment <clears throat> the clock ticked till the moment it expires, we're still COVID's the dominant story of, of 2021, but what else yeah. sticks out in your mind? You know, and I think, and we'll talk, let's, let's, we'll talk the COVID stuff for just a second and we don't have to dive into the, you know, we won't beat, beat the horse more than we have to, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, um, encouraged by this, this last variant. Um, you know, it doesn't look like, I mean, yes, our case count is high. And I think we, we talked about this on the last show where you said, you know, the virus is virusing and it's going to do what viruses do. Uh, and it, you know, becomes more transmittable, um, but less, um, you know, less intense, less, uh, it has less of a packs, less of a punch. And so we've even seen CDC guidelines go, you remember when it was 14 days, then it was 10. Now it's five. Right. I mean, I think that's all, that's encouraging, um, you know, encouraging stuff for where we are in the virus cycle. And I just don't think that the virus is going to have as, as big of an impact going forward, you know, with, with shutdowns as it did in the very beginning. Now, if the government comes in and does some crazy, stupid stuff with mandates, that's a whole different story. That's a, that's not the virus doing the virus doing the virus. It's, you know, government needing to push an agenda that is, you know, that is slipping out of their narrative and, you know, trying to control things. That my opinion. Yeah, so I, I agree. I'm, and I'm, I'm not surprised. I told you this. I mean, I, I can't help but, I can't help but think that some of the coverage of COVID is is there are motivations that are, are unspoken. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, yep. from just a pure, and again, I'm, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a immunologist, but I've certainly read a lot in the last two years about a subject that I previously had no interest in whatsoever. And I feel like I'm better informed than I once was. Um, the fact that there are, as we tape this today, this quote record number of cases, yet hospitalizations aren't up and deaths aren't up. In fact, they're both right. down. Um, is is a very positive thing because to me it means that hey, that many more people are getting immunity. Um, that yep. this is a this is a variant that uh, that that isn't as lethal, and it's yep. it's spreading and people are are getting it. But most of the people are that are getting it. The, their symptoms are cold like symptoms or or less. And uh, so they're going to have immunity, which means that in, in my in my mind, that means we're, we're moving closer to the finish yeah. line here for this to I become so for this to become endemic 
where it's something that we live with in the same way that we live with the flu every year. People get the flu every year. And, um, you know, and, and frankly, the flu is worse from what I've heard. The flu is worse than Omicron. So um, that to me is all positive. And, uh, but what is most positive to me, and again, I live in a, in a red state, um, as you do, but what is most positive to me is, is to um, see the signs of pushback in society a little with people going, okay, now hold up. We're not going to do this to kids. We're not going to close schools. We're not going to shut sports down. We're not going to do these uh, things that we did in early 2020 when we were all scared, scared and looking at models that turned out to be completely wrong. Thank right. God. Thank God. They were wrong. But, you know, it, it feels like there's pushback. I mean, you look at, I looked at a chart yesterday. It was about um, movement of people in 2020 and where people are leaving and where people are going. And the the chart, not to get political, but the chart indicates very clearly that people are moving to places that are open and they are leaving places that are locked down. And that speaks to, I think, Martin, I think it speaks to the kind of the, the human experience here, which is I don't think people are willing to do this again. And and, mm-hmm. and, and you watch the Fauci's and those kind of people. And, you know, I mean, I, I watch responses. I, and, and social media can be a um, a bad gauge, but it's sometimes it's, sure. it's the best gauge that you can get, really, because there's no way to go, hey, I'm going to fly up to Chicago and go poll a hundred people right now. It doesn't, I, I, I guess I could, but that's would be costly. So you, it's easier just to look at Twitter. And, and when Fauci says, Hey, you know, we really need to keep new year's celebrations small and uh, everyone needs to be, you know, masked and all that. And the response is no, 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 man, go, go, go eat a bag. The That's the primary response is Nope, not doing it. going to go live. I think that's a positive thing. I agree with that. I mean, I think that's uh I think that's I think that is a positive thing. And I think there's a lot of positives that are really kind of pushing us into, you know, the next year from you know, even from our social our social outlooks on, you know, how we how we're dealing with this, you know, with COVID that's been around for far too long. Um, you know, and then even how that's filtering into people's retirement portfolios and um, you know, cause it, all in all, the markets are really a gauge of optimism or, or fear. Uh, and there's, there's fundamentals, uh, that certainly back up those, those numbers. And we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of stuff happen this year that, um, you know, if we'd have listened to the narrative of, Hey, go live under a rock, live in fear, shut yourself down, you know, the chicken little, the sky's falling, uh, the markets wouldn't be where where they are. And, you know, and even our fed president, you know, Jay Powell is, you know, he's ready to start. He thinks the economy is healthy enough to start raising rates. I mean, those are all positive things. I mean, I was just looking at the, I get real nerdy with the bond stuff and most people don't, and it's cool. I wouldn't expect people to, but I was looking at just the two year treasury. Um, you know, this time last year was paying a whopping 0.13 percent. So you're locking your money up for two years and, you know, and it's 
one three percent. Well, now the two year treasury this this you know a year later is at zero point seven. So you know the Fed is starting to allow things to drift up from an interest rate standpoint. I don't think it's going to cost us a whole lot, you know, in people's four hundred one ks and portfolios as long as you know we kind of do it. Which I think I have all the faith in in Jay Powell. I think he's done a fantastic job managing an impossible situation. I don't think he's going to start being an idiot, you know, now. I think he's going to do, you know, a really good job of getting us back to whatever a normal, you know, looks like from an interest rate standpoint. Um, but there's a lot of positives that are setting up for people's, you know, investment portfolios as well. And a lot of that too, I think will come once we get beyond the talking about Rona and supply chains and there'll be something new, right? It'll, it'll be something else that'll pop up, Neil. It's not, you know, we'll have, you know, trade tensions with China or, you know, a civil war breaks well, out. The, in the, the China It'll thing is the China thing is real to me. It's like this. It's a part of a story that we, we just don't talk about for some reason. And I don't completely understand it. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying, that, and, and yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of things that will become the headline news. Um, and some of them will have a greater impact into, into portfolios than, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe people are fatigued on, uh, the COVID headlines. Um, you know, it's just like you read now and even on, on MSN, I mean, CNBC, you know, one of the headline links is COVID case high. Well, okay. Are deaths going up? No, we've established that hospitalizations. No, I mean, but, but they want you to click on it cause it's a COVID case high. Well, okay. I don't, that doesn't, that, that doesn't, the sense, the sen, you know, it doesn't sensationalize anything anymore. At least for me, it doesn't. But you know, it's been a, another thing that we haven't um, talked about. So just kind of a year in review. Last year, uh, I guess we taped it on December. I think it was the. I think it was December thirty-one, and we published on January one. We had Marcos here, and we were talking about cryptocurrencies. Oh yeah, and and Bitcoin, and uh, you know, and I remember. When we were talking about it, Bitcoin was at 29,000 and it ran all the way up to, you know, into the sixties and then it came, you know, tumbling down, uh, back into the thirties and now it's up, you know, close to, you know, 48. And so if you would have, if you bought some Bitcoin this time last year and you, you held on to it, you didn't, you didn't do anything. You didn't buy more. You didn't sell you held on to it, you know, your return was more than 60%. And I mean, the S and P was, is up 27. Bitcoin was up double, but it also, you know, it had the severe yo-yo effect. I mean, it went from 29 to, you know, to the upper sixties. So if you bought it, the upper sixties, um, and then you wrote it down to the thirties, you know, you had a 50% loss. And if you sold it, you locked in that loss. So, you know, people who were, playing the cryptocurrency, um, you know, game in their portfolios, you really got to have a stomach of steel to, to do it. It's just so volatile because it's such a young, you, you know, know, a young area. And so, I'd love to have Marcos back at some point. It's so funny talk about Ethereum. So I, I pulled this up. I've got, um, I've got wall street journal up. I'm just reading you some headlines in a wild year for markets. Stocks pull off big gains. That's one of the headlines. 
Another headline, gold poised for largest percentage decline since 2015. Crypto buries, burrows, not buries. I say buries. Crypto burrows into the mainstream. Uh, Muni bonds, referring to municipal bonds. Uh, Funds draw most money in decades. And then uh, that makes sense from a. Fear of stocks. I mean, fear of stocks. Oh my gosh, fear of taxes mm-hmm. going up, not stocks. Man, I had a. Well, then you mentioned sorry. stocks. The next headline is stock pickers are struggling to beat the market. Yeah, I mean, those are yep. all like the headlines, kind of as Wall Street Journal does their year in review kind of stuff. Yeah, and man, and that that last thing that you said is so true. And it's funny. I actually had a conversation with a with a couple of young dudes yesterday. Um. And their, their father's a client of ours and, um, you know, they're a little, just a little younger than me. Yeah. They've got some, some money that they came into that they want to, you know, save and put it away. And, uh, one of the sons had never, you know, never done any investing at all. Um, he's an engineer and, you know, he told me, he's like, man, I read an article that said that, um, you know, that most, most, uh, most funds don't even beat the benchmark you know, are not going to beat the benchmark this year. They're like 80% of funds are going to be under the benchmark this year. And, uh, and he's not wrong. Um, you know, when, when markets all in of themselves are just rising, it's really hard to beat the S and P 500. Um, and most managers can't pull it off because they run pretty concentrated portfolios relative to, you know, as I said earlier, the S and P 500 is made up of 498 stocks. So if you're running a portfolio, that's, made up of 50 stocks, you know, you've got to pick the correct 50 to outperform, you know, the S&P 500. And um, generally what kind of happens, though, is in, in rising markets, um, you know, the funds will will lag the benchmark, and they may not lag them by much, right? So if the S&P is up 27, maybe they're up, you know, 26, but then you've paid a fee and then, you know, and all those things. So you get you get a little bit of a uh, you know, a, a drag on performance, but it's really in the years when kind of the proverbial defecation hits the oscillation. <laughs> I've used that twice in this show. Uh, when the shit hits the fan, that's when, you know, that's when those guys really outperform. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to beat them. It's hard to beat the, the market when it's, when it's going up, you just want to, uh, you know, attach your, 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 uh, wagon to the train and go. Uh, and then when the market's really volatile or going down, that's where you have the opportunity to, to win over a long period of time. But year in, year out, when markets are up, the best investment you can have is, you know, the S&P 500 index, generally, generally speaking. So they're not wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then the other brother is funny. I, I forgot to tell the other half story. The other brother, uh, he does, he owns an insurance agency and, uh, you know, he's, and he was telling me about his investing. He's like, man, you know, I had Robin hood. I did a little bit of trading and I was like, Oh, well, how did you do? He's like, uh, it was awful. Uh, I bought. And then immediately when I, and he told me what stock he bought, he's like, I immediately bought, I bought it. It immediately went down, you know, from $12 to $4. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. And he was like, and I freaked out. He's like, but I didn't sell it. I just let it come back to $12. And then I sold it and I got out and I was like, I don't have any business doing this. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of people who are using Robin Hood or, you know, 
E-Trade or Fidelity or Schwab or, and you're doing it yourself, it's kind of like, um, you know, people who go to the casinos, they never tell you about their losses, right? They're never, they never talk about all, oh, you know, for the last 10 times I've gone into the casino and I've taken, you know, 500 bucks and I've walked out with nothing. They yeah. don't no, tell no. you about those, no, but it's not part of like, Oh man, I was at the casino the other night and I walked in with 500 and I walked out with $1,500 and it was a, it was a great night. And you're like, dude, that's awesome. Well, yeah, you made, so you made a thousand bucks of profit. But if you look at the other 10 nights where you walked, walked in with 500 and out with zero, you lost five grand. So you really hadn't made a thousand. You've lost four, but people, you don't talk about those things. Right. And I think that's what happens a lot to people who, you know, invest on their own. They'll have a couple of successes. And what's the worst thing that can happen is, is that they have success right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. So it's like, put their first in, they put their first trade in they double it and they're like oh hell man this is easy and then and then you know life comes in and kicks them you know right square in the nuts well it's the uh, it's the sports equivalent of the the guy who doesn't need to be I'll, I'll use basketball he needs there's a certain way he needs to play the game uh-huh and he initially starts out and he's like no 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 I'm going to shoot threes man I'm going to shoot threes and he makes his first two threes and now, in his mind, he's like, oh, shoot, man, I'm a three-point shooter. About to run a train. I'm about yeah. to go off. And then, you know, so he starts taking bad shots. And you look up at the end of, you know, the first 10 games of the season, and he's three for 41 from the three-point line. And you're like, you, you, you are an abysmal you, – you, your, your offensive efficiency is abysmal. And he's like, yeah, but did you see the first two shots? And so it's, it's like that. It's, you know, there's still – it's still a body of work. I mean, I'm kind of similar to your brother. And I've told you this. I mean, I have an E-Trade account. I put $600 into it. Just play money. But I told myself, as soon as that money's gone, I'm out. No more. And I've fluctuated. I got above 600 I've gotten below 600 whatever. But I have fully realized that that would not be, that's not my world. I mean, there's there's no way that you could excel in that world without focusing in the world yes of course and so you know i mean you know this you and i've talked about this before i'm i'm a big believer in 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 you know not everybody's great at everything you know focus on what you're great at and then don't be afraid to pay other people like you know if like if my roof needs to be if my roof needs to be repaired i'm gonna pay a roofer yeah why because i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. there's a decent chance i'm gonna get hurt there's a decent chance I'm going to make things worse. I don't have any clue, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a roofer. I mean, if if uh, if I need to have the plumbing fixed, I'm gonna hire a plumber. Yep. You know, and definitely and, a plumbing, definitely plumbing. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> are there things that you know I could say, oh well, I'll give that a shot, whatever. Sure, yeah, of course, I can, cu- I can cut my grass. Yeah, I'll cut. That's a great example. I'm not going to cause any harm. I said, well, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it. And I enjoy it. it does, believe it or not, I kind of enjoy the the, yeah. the manicuring process of of. Yeah. of and there's that. a start and a finish. Yeah, but it's a project that ends. Yes, but this whole like you know, no, 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 no. Like, like if you are trying to use retirement funds and such to, I mean, trying to put some of your money back to set up your retirement, why would you? The people. The people who don't think like that, I don't get it. I mean, I it's like me with my, my LLC, right? I mean, I spend 
more a year than I want to on an accountant. Yeah. But but they're gold. But having had a bad experience mm-hmm. that led to years of recovering from that experience and getting to a place where the other day, literally this was like a happy moment for me. And I, I I need we'll talk about resolutions and such in a minute. Cool, yeah. One of one of my objectives is to allow myself to acknowledge a happy moment because I'm bad about that. I think it's a part of depression. Um, I think you're, I think people like me are, are wired to not allow ourselves to celebrate something. I really do. I think it's, um, I think it's that that's there anyway. Um, you know, I had to do quarterly taxes all year, like pretty big payments to the yep. state and paying your in, paying in your estimates and the Fed. Yeah, and then you do the monthly stuff. And on the months where you had to do the 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 monthly payment and the quarterly payment, it hurt. But I did it, and you know, she sent me a thing. Hey, I need one or two more things, and then I can give you your numbers. And so I got him to her, and um, and she sent me a text. That was like, uh, hey, I, I think you're going to get a return, but you're not you're not going to owe or anything. I mean, I, I, wanted, I mean, Daniel's married, so I wasn't going to be like, I love you. But part of me was like, God, I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> after all the hell that like not paying enough because you didn't know what you were doing. And, yep. and you know, LLCs, especially this past year, last last couple of years have been really complicated. And, you know, you change from a. Republican to a Democrat in the White House and some of the rules change and the laws changes and the policies change and it, it if you don't have an accountant you could you could get you could mess it up without trying to mess it up and so yep. they're they're just they're things that I think are worth paying for yeah and I, I mean I'll throw attorneys in there too man um because and those those are especially if you own a business if you own a business or you're trying to uh, making a big ticket purchase. Um, and I mean, I'm not talking about like a, you know, a car, um, or, or even, you know, a house per se, but I mean, I guess you could call a house a big ticket purchase, but you know, if you're buying a business or, or you have business issues and, and you're trying to skimp on, on an attorney, um, cause I mean, it's better to go ahead and, and pay, you know, good money for an attorney up front and it hurts. And, um, you know, and you get ripped that bandaid off and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just, I can't believe I wrote a check for that to, you know, to an attorney, but, but it, man, it, it sure saves you a lot of money and heartache in the long run. You know, when documents are done wrong or you think that, that it's supposed to say this and it says that, and then you got to go get them. It's man, it can be a total disaster. So I, I'm a hundred percent. And I, I guess, especially since I'm in the business of, you know, of serving people and serving the public, um, you know, from, from a financial perspective, like I a hundred percent see the value in having, you know, an advisor, not a financial advisor per se, but like a, a tax advisor or an, a, you know, a legal advisor, a CPA, I mean, an attorney, uh, you know, and even really good insurance people, um, you know, those are, those can be some of the, the, the best money that you spend. Uh, you know, in your life, it's just keeping you out of trouble, especially with the IRS. Golly, man. Yeah. You know, like the IRS will send you something on like, a, like they'll send it like when you do any kind of a student loan document or whatever, 
that your information got logged into. And every time you see that IRS in the mailbox, you're like, oh, God. Yep. But there is a comfort in, in the fact that, you know, using a professional accountant that, you know, if, if I had a an IRS issue, at least I have an advocate in my corner who has all of yep. my paperwork, who, you know, could handle some of that to be like, no, 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 he's good. Everything's fine. We, we did it right. There's there's a peace of mind that comes with that. Like if I got the dreaded A word from the IRS, yep. I'd be like, okay, all right, well, I mean, I'm I'm not excited about it, but all my stuff is right there, and she's got everything, and we'll we'll work through it. Yep, and I mean, and and I've had I've had some issues. It's funny. I was talking with our CFO. Um, this was two days ago. I had some uh, some crazy IRS stuff that happened to us a couple of years ago and and it's not anything that was uh you know uh, that I can't talk about or shouldn't talk about but so Jennifer and when she and I kind of got into a little bit of a of a not fight but she tells me I'm too nosy and in her business about some things and like that I treat her like a child um, but she had gone to work for this um, you know this new skincare firm they were a medical spa and she had always been you know a w-2 employee so you know they she gets a check the taxes federal income taxes are withheld state income taxes are withheld and then the rest of her stuff gets direct deposited so when she was negotiating all of her income and all that stuff well she didn't negotiate she went in there and sat there and they told her what she was going to get paid and she said okay thank you and i was like dude go in there and ask for you know, the worst they can tell you is no, they already said they want you. So like the worst they can tell you is we're not going to give you more. Anyway, I was like, I was almost like, do you want me to go in there and negotiate? That's where she told me you're, you know, you're treating me like a child. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I probably was, <sighs> but so, you know, we're into September. She started this job in January. We're into September. And, um, you know, I asked her, I was like, I was like, what are your benefits there? Like, do you have, are you, do you have, do they have a 401k option for you or, um, you know, and we had not really talked about it cause she, you know, I had, it had been a sore subject. I got in trouble for, for being a bully about it. And, um, but around September I was like, you know, it's expensive. I told her, I was like, it is expensive for me to carry you on my insurance. I was like, I'm, I'm, I will, if we don't have any other options, I was like, but can you see if you guys, what the insurance options are through your firm. And I was like, and you know, they got to have something, you know, a 401k or something there. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of physicians that work there. So I knew they had, they had to have some type of retirement plan, at least for themselves and they can't discriminate. So they have to offer it to the employees. And so, um, she's like, well, I'll ask our HR person. So it's like, oh, she comes back and she's like, no, um, you know, they're like, she's like, I'm not eligible for, uh, for the retirement plan or for a retirement plan or insurance. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, do they offer it? And she's like, I don't know, Martin. I was like, well, I was like, can I just see your pay stubs? And of course she, she would just rip her. They were cutting her a physical check, not even direct depositing. And she would rip the, um, you know, the whatever off the check and go deposit it. And then she told me, she was like, I don't think I have the other part of, you know, the pay stub. And I'm like, you legally have to have a pay stub if you're a W-2 employee. Like, they have to give you a, a pay stub. And she's like, I just, the only other part of the check is just, it says, 
you know, the top of the thing says how much I get. The bottom of it is where I rip it off and deposit. I was like, let me see the, the top of the thing. And these were just round numbers, like thousand bucks, thousand bucks, thousand bucks. I was like, Jennifer, are you a 1099? Are you an independent contractor? And she's like, I don't know. I just get paid. And I'm like, dude, these are important things to know because we're in September. And if you're 1099, like you have been spending, <laughs> you know, every dime of your paycheck. So you have not saved for taxes, which means that I'm going to get hammered on taxes when, uh, whenever we, you know, whenever we file. So anyway, she, she was 1099. I got hammered and the IRS smoked me for not paying estimates in. And so they, uh, they end up contacting Beth, our CFO saying, you have to change Martin's withholding amount because he didn't withhold enough taxes last year and didn't pay estimates. So dude, I had to deal with the IRS for a year getting all that, that stuff square and set, but it was because we didn't know, or I didn't know that Jen was 1099. So, and then our CPA helped us get all that stuff figured out. But, but dude, it was a wreck, man. It was not some, it was not fun to deal with at all. No, no, I, that, that would not be, I mean, I had the year I've told you before. It was the year that yep. I, got, I got the call that, Hey, your taxes are ready, but you owe about $25,000. She's like, Oh my God. So anyway, yeah. um, all right, let's turn to 2021. What are your, what are your expectations? I mean, 2022, what are your expectations for, uh, for 2022 markets and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think, um, I think stocks are going to have, you know, I think there's going to be another good year of stocks. I think they'll be up, you know, high single, low double digits. Of course, I said that in for 2021 and here we are, you know, if the year ended today, you know, the S&P would be up almost, you know, 27, 28%. Um, but I think there's the room for high single, low double digit stock returns. Um, I think high yield bonds are going to do well, you know, this next year. But as rates are going up, I think that the government and just kind of regular corporate bonds are going to struggle a little bit because it's, you know, as rates go up, it's like the seesaw. One one kid goes up, one kid goes down when you were a little kid. And as rates are going up, the prices of bonds are going to go down. Um, so the bond, bond, the bond portfolio, the bond part of the portfolio might have a little, a little bit of struggles um, this year, like the core part of a bond portfolio. However, I think the, just like you read earlier that those municipal bonds, um, that are drawing more money than they have in decades, I think municipal bonds will probably end up doing pretty well or relative, I should say relatively well, relative to their core and corporate counterparts or their government and corporate counterparts, just because people are going to be nervous about, Hey, what changes are going to be in the tax code? And municipal bonds, uh, the the interest income from those are federally income tax free. So if you're in a really high tax bracket, that's really attractive. You know, like if you get a, let's just go easy because we're doing, I'm doing public math. We'll go easy numbers. If you if you have a three percent return, you know, an interest payment of three percent in a municipal bond, um, if you're not having to pay taxes, and let's just say you're in the 50%, let's just say tax brackets 50%. So I don't have to jump through hoops to do mental math. That means that, you know, you would need, um, you would need a, a, a bond that's going to pay 6%. So 
interest payment would be 6%. You would pay taxes on 50. We'd leave you 3% interest. You would need a, a corporate or a government bond equivalent that would pay you 6% interest to get, you know, a net of three after income taxes. Um, and those just don't exist out there. That's, that's a unicorn. So, you know, municipal bonds are really, really great tools and we use them a ton for our clients that are, you know, in higher tax brackets. And then also just our clients that are, you know, that are even have just taxable money, we'll use some municipal bonds. So I think th those will do well. Um, man, who knows on crypto, um, what's going to happen, uh, in the crypto world. I'm a, I'm a fan, you know, and I was a naysayer in the beginning and I've said this before. Um, I think the technology long-term is going to be really cool. I can't, I don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, you know, and then like gold. So let me ask you, you this. Know, I, let me ask you this on crypto. Cause I'm curious yeah. when, when, when people, cause I assume a lot of people come in that have been with pinnacle for a while and they come in and they kind of have a year in review or a year in advance meeting or whatever. Yeah. When they ask you, like I will ask, um, you know, mine when they say, so how much crypto should I have in my portfolio? How much, yeah. what's, what's your answer to that? Well, and I know it's different for different people, but just in general for the, it is, it's slightly different for different people, but I'm going to say, you know, in general, it's a really volatile, it's a really volatile asset class. So, you know, for my normal, you know, your typical, um, you know, pre-retire or retirement age folks. So let's just call that our, you know, our late forties to early 50 year olds all the way into retirement. I'm going to say, you know, 5% or less of the total portfolio. Uh, I mean, of your total, you know, your total liquid net worth, um, would, I would, you know, say if you're going to go up to five, I'm comfortable with that because truth of the matter is, is if it goes to zero and it's 5% of your portfolio, it sucks, but it's not, you know, catastrophic. Right. Um, but it can push along, you know, some of the returns there and, you know, and, it's funny, this year has been an inflationary year, right? We're not, no one's, you know, denying that. Inflation's been running hot at, you know, at about 6% um, year over year. And historically, gold is supposed to be the inflation hedge, right? What you just read an article that said that gold was like about to, to have its worst decline since, I can't remember the year you said, 20, I can't remember the year, since sometime. 2015 or 16 or something like that. Um, you know, and gold was supposed to be the inflation hedge, right? That's what people bought gold for was the hedge against inflation. Well, this is the first year we've had inflation. And the article just said that gold is poised to lose or it's big, have the biggest decline in, in several years. Well, then if you look at Bitcoin, which Bitcoin is supposed to be, you know, the equivalent of digital gold, it's your inflation hedge, right? And we just talked about it earlier in the show. This time last year, it was at 29,000. If you held on to it all year long, you, I mean, you rode a roller coaster, but you know, you're up, it's at 48 ish, 47, 48,000. So you're up 60% for the year. I mean, if it's an inflation hedge and we had inflation, I'd say it did its job, right? Yeah, you, mean, would, you would know that better than me. I, I don't, I mean, I, the one thing I've really noticed is speaking of inflation is like, you know, grocery stores, price of food, that kind of thing has just skyrocketed. 
I mean, you know, you except for milk, man. Milk must be a lost letter. <laughs> milk and rivals.com subscriptions never <laughs> never change. <laughs> I love the plug there, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. If you hadn't got your milk, go get it. If you hadn't gotten your rivals.com subscription, yeah, it's go the same right price today it. as it was the you know during the Lincoln administration. I mean, it just it never <laughs> it never goes up. I mean, it's, and and like we'll do these we'll do these promos, and I'm glad I like them. I'm fine. It's fine. We do these promos where they're like, "Hey, get a you know a year of of rebelgrove.com for six dollars, whatever." I'm like, "Why? But but why?" And 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 I get it. It's because you want people to sign up for the first time and you want to incentivize yeah, yeah. them. And then people will come back. Well, what's what, what is there for the new members? I mean, for the c- current members. And you're like, "Look, I, I get the question." But what there is is that there's the guarantee that the price of this is never going it's not up. Gonna go up. I mean, so I, I mean, <laughs> it's an infl- it's inflation proof. Like when I go buy steak, <laughs> the steak's more expensive today than it was a year ago. And so you know, the, yeah. the, anyway, you know. And did we have? I can't remember who I talked to about this stuff. Did we have the conversation about? Was it me and you that were talking about? Depending on who you are, depends on whether you've really experienced a lot of inflation this year. So like if, like. If you're living in, you know, Manhattan and, you know, you have, you don't own your home, um, you know, you rent your apartment and, you know, you have uh, kids that you're feeding in the house and you have a, you know, a, a job that's, you know, I don't know, you have to drive to, that you've experienced more inflation than someone who, you know, lives in the South who is, retired has less mouths to feed did we have that whole conversation or was that it may have been someone else you might have that with someone else apparently okay well and and that's kind of been true too so like you know if you're depending on what you do day in and day out really is really a factor of whether you felt inflation and kind of everyone feels it at the grocery store but like if you own your home your mortgage is fixed your payment is fixed you know, it's the cost of living in your house is not going up. But if you're a renter, you know, you've experienced an increase in rent pretty significantly this year. Or if you had to buy a car, um, you know, you had to buy a used car. Uh, or, you know, if you have to drive a long distance for work, like if you work five minutes from your house or work from home, hell, if you work from home, you know, you, I know gas is more expensive, but it, it hadn't really hurt you as much as someone who has to drive, you know, 50 miles to work. Oh, sure. Day. Absolutely. Um, so depending on like your life situation can really depend, can really be uh, a factor into whether you've felt inflation or not. And like, if you're a business traveler like you, Neil, so if you, if you were going to new Orleans to sh- cover the sugar bowl and you had to buy, you know, get a hotel room this year, it is, it's more expensive than it was last year. Or if you had to get on a flight to go to, you know, San Diego, it might, it might, it's probably more expensive this year than it was this time last year. So depending on your life situation, depends on how much inflation you've really felt. Now, all of us have felt it at the grocery store is everybody has to eat. So like, I get that except for milk. Um, everybody has to eat, but, um, you know, and, and for, you know, like I've felt it on the gas because it's not that I drive more, but now I've got two drivers in my house, two new drivers in my house. So I've got two extra tanks that I'm putting gas in. I feel you. So, yeah. And, and they love to burn the roads up. Love to. And I get it. I did it too. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just, just saying. 
But yeah, just depending on your life situation is how much, you know, how much you felt inflation. Yeah, I think, um, I think we felt it with gas, with the kids driving. I mean, I didn't. I drove less. Um, I mean, everything's on Zoom. I mean, as I told you before the show, like this week, I had anticipated being in New Orleans uh, for the Sugar Bowl, for all the media stuff. I was originally planning to go down on Monday, the, the 27th, and I was going to be there until, um, you know, the game. And uh, yep. everything's on Zoom now. There's no reason to go. Uh, literally just no reason to go. And so I go from um, – I go from what would have been a deficit to a surplus because we sold uh, we sold sponsorship of our coverage to the Clearwater Group, and um, you know they were kind enough to to pay anyway because we still provided coverage. There's still a lot of stuff on the on the site and on our podcast network and that kind of thing. But that was going to go to pay expenses. Now there are no expenses, so it's a profit. And 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 yet I don't know. It's it's I. I, I know where people are getting frustrated, and one of the reasons, you know, people are doing this thing about like the ten day to five day. Well, one of that, one of the reasons is that, uh, yeah, you know, the, the workforce was getting hit, yeah, and airlines, and yep, yeah, it's shutting everything down. When everybody goes, well, I, I don't have I any symptoms, but I got and a cold. Now you're make me stay home for ten days. So I'll stay home. For, well, a lot of people, I mean, like at Christmas time, are like, hey. You know, before we run over to the mother-in-law's house, I think I, I kind of have this funny little scratch, and I'm going to go get it tested. And everybody's like, "Please have COVID! Please have COVID!" I mean, there's a lot of that, <laughs> and it was it was the it was the great catch-all excuse. And you saw it with college football. There were a couple of teams, Texas A&M. There were a yep. couple of teams that uh, didn't probably really want to play their game, and COVID kind of gave them an out. Yeah, Miami, UCLA. My dad's alma mater, which I was really looking forward to. Watching them get beat. Yeah, you, you get a you get an out, you know, because no <laughs> one's going to question you if you if you if you issue a release that goes, hey, we've been looking at the film and we kind of think we're going to get our ass kicked, so we're just not going to play. Well, you're going to get killed. But if you put out a release that goes, you know, due to some COVID uh, issues inside of our program, our focus, our our north star, we've been decimated. Our north star is always the uh, health of our student safety, athletes yep. and the safety of their their families and. Due to that, unfortunately, we are heartbroken to reveal that we're not going to be able to play in the game. The media goes, oh, how valiant, yep. how virtuous. And so it, it's, it's become a get-out-of-jail-free card, and, and frankly, it's, it's, you know, it's killed the economy in places. And so that's the next thing I'm watching for. I'm watching for a couple of things in 2022 as it pertains to the virus. Uh, and I think I know the answer. But Texas population is going to grow. Florida's population is going to grow. New York's population is going to shrink. California's population is going to shrink. Yeah. Well, you look around. <laughs> That's look what's going to happen. Look at some of the states that are growing. Alabama. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas. Sure. South Carolina. North Carolina. They have Tennessee. To, does that ring a bell? A lot of those kind of states are down here. SEC. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it just means more. Um. Yeah, but what I'm watching for with the airlines a little bit, I watched the guy at Southwest and the guy, and I believe it was United. It might have been American. Yep. I can't remember which. I think it was United. They both came out and were like, hey, you know, this mask thing, these masks don't work. And I read that not to be about mask. I read that to be, hey, look, we, we've got people like that idiot in Oxford, Mississippi, who won't fly because of mask if he can avoid it. I've not flown in two years. 
<laughs> I won't fly. Right, you said that idiot in Oxford, Mississippi. I was like, all right, what idiot do we have? No, it's me. Right, okay. It's me. I got yeah, but it. Took me a second. But there are people like me. I'm not the only person who's like, listen, I'm not going to fly unless I have to fly. Right. Like, I mean, if something happens and I have to go someplace because of an emergency or something like that, well, then obviously I will fly. But I'm not the only person who thinks this way where I say, if you say, well, you're going to take a summer vacation. Where are you going to take a summer vacation? Right now, my first comment is, well, if the planes are going to require a mask, I want to go someplace where I can drive. And people are like, that's crazy, man. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue that it's not crazy. It might very well be crazy. I, if I freely admit that, that kind of disarms you. But it's how I feel. I don't, I don't want to put a mask on. For an, hour and a, for an hour and a half in an airport, four hours in a plane, you get nervous already about the plane having a, a deal where you sit on the tarmac all day. I, I, I don't want that, and I don't want to do the mask thing, and so I won't. And I, I'm one of these people that doesn't mind driving. I found it, find driving relaxing. Um, and so, you know, but so I'm probably not alone. And my guess, when I heard Southwest say that, and when I heard United say that was, hey, they're starting to feel it a little. And they're trying to get back to normal because normal is profitable. Yeah. And this is probably less profitable. And they're tired of their people having to fight it all the time. And they probably have, I'm going to guess, they have crew members who are like, you know, uh, stewardesses and stewards who are saying, tired of dealing with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm thinking about getting out of this field and into something else because this is, I'm tired of having to fight people about mask wearing, or you might have people who are like, I, I'm tired of wearing a mask all day. I, you know, and, and so I, 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 I'm interested to see that. That's one of the things I'm interested to see is where the mask stuff goes. Like at universities, my kids are headed back to Arkansas for the, the spring semester and as of now, it looks like they're going to have to mask up all semester long. And I, I, I wait. So I'm, I'm watching the mask thing closely. I'm watching the booster thing closely. There's a, a you know, a lot of people that are, are talking about, hey, you know, if they've gotten a third booster. Are they going to get a fourth? Or if you've gotten your full shots, are you going to get a booster? Um, you know, there's some doctors that are out there. I'm not saying they're right. Okay. Not saying they're right, but they're vocal who are like, hey, at, at some point, Booster after booster after booster is a negative. Um, you know, you can boost your way into problems. And so I'm watching to see how that story develops as well, as I think I think there's no question that as we walk into 2022, story number one to start the year is COVID. I'm very interested to see if a year from today, good Lord willing, if this is still story number one. Yeah. Because if it is... If it is, in my opinion, Martin, something went wrong. I don't see where this story has another year of life like this. I hope not, man. And I think this time next year, I hope we're talking well, and we'll be finished talking, but you know, we're talking about midterm stuff and impact. Yeah. Well, that was the next that was the next topic for me that I think is is going to start to pop up is the uh, yeah, the and, mid- I, and I know you really are really plugged in with and I and I am excited about the you know election cycle kind of rolling around again because uh, like when the general election well even the primaries and the generals the last cycle was the first time that I'd had the opportunity to talk about that with you and and uh, man you have you were really really dialed in with a lot of 
um, a lot of insight, a lot of, you know, uh, of, of good, uh, of, of good knowledge and facts to kind of talk about the what if stuff and even things I was like, nah, dude, that's not going to happen. You're like, eh, I don't know, man. And then lo and behold, you know, two, uh, two Georgia seats go yeah. to the left. And I was like, Oh my God. Well, I'm watching I two things. See that one coming. I'm watching two things. So we're 11 months out. It's a little early to make predictions, but as of today, um, Midterm elections typically, regardless of who's in the White House, typically go against the incumbent president. The yep. the the power the party out of power typically gains some seats in both houses of Congress uh, in the midterm. And if that's the case, then you know off the bat the Republicans go in as a favorite, and then you see uh, Biden's approval ratings, which are just just incredibly low, and. Um, Kamala Harris's improvement um, approval ratings incredibly low can't be a good sign for Democrats. And I think if you read the tea leaves, you can see Democrats saying as much. So I'm watching that. And the other story that I'm watching politically is kind of a twofold thing, which is, and I don't particularly love this part of politics, but it's real. Is I think this is the year that people start to show their cards a little about the 2024 election and I'm interested to see whether the Democrats begin to look at Biden and Harris internally and say, hey, this is this is a problem and we're we're setting ourselves up for a bloodletting in 2024. And if they do, who they pivot to, I'm watching Hillary Clinton closely. She seems to be positioning herself to at least contemplate a run. Um, I'm obviously watching Trump. I'll go on record as saying I think Trump's making a mistake if he runs for president. I think the Republicans are making a mistake if they put all of their capital behind him because Trump motivates Democrats in a way that uh, Democrats aren't motivated right now in a way that I don't think Biden would, would, would motivate Democrats. I don't think Harris, I don't think Harris can win a national election. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll go emphatically here. In my opinion, and this isn't a Republican-Democrat thing, I just think look at her numbers, look at her likability, look at her on the, on, the sta- on the national stage. She just performs so poorly. I mean, people make fun of Biden, and, and Biden has moments where he looks like a really old man. But Biden also... Uh, yeah, like when the interviewer, the dude at the end, tells him, <laughs> Merry Christmas, let's go, Brandon. He's like, I agree. I was like, oh, shit. Dude. Yeah. But he also has moments where he where he looks like a polished politician and she really doesn't. And so I, I think, you know, and she's, she's already in, in private played the race card and the sex card, which is for a, a candidate or for a person in her seat of power, one feeble heartbeat away from the presidency. That that's, that's a sign of weakness in my opinion. So it's a panic sign. So I'm, I'm curious to see how the Democrats negotiate that. That's to me, if 2022's midterms go the way I think they will probably go, and again, a lot could change between now and then, and Biden could could right the ship to some degree, though he better hurry. Um, if if that's going to ha- if that doesn't happen, I think the Republicans win the House. Certainly, but to me, there's no question that's coming. I think there's a decent chance they win the Senate, which will create two wild years. Um, but I'm if that were to happen. I think one of the things we'll be talking about this time of year from now is how do the Democrats extricate themselves from Biden-Harris into the 
the 24 campaign cycle, which will begin at some point yep. in 2023. 23. Yeah. Yep. So it won't, it won't be far behind. You know, we, that's not happened in American history too many times where uh, you've had a presidential, um, you know, you've had a president who's eligible to run for reelection. Obviously, we had the, you know, the 2008 campaign where George W. Bush was finishing his term, his second term, and he couldn't run. So he wasn't, he was a lame duck, but not in the sense that I'm talking about here. You had the 2016 election where Barack Obama had was was finishing out his second term. He, he was ineligible to run again. There's very few times in American history where a president, you know, was eligible to run for the White House again and didn't. And, well, and so has that, there ever been a time where you have two one-term presidents back-to-back different parties? Ooh, has that ever happened before? Yeah, it's a great question. I have to go study it. Um, yeah, I mean, and not that I—I uh, I know that you know you spend a lot of time with with American history and 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 especially with presidential stuff and, and politics. But and and that wasn't a, a gotcha. It just kind of no. I need to I need to go I, look it up because I'm curious uh, now because yeah. t- typically. Typically in this country, uh, an incumbent president runs for re-election and he is re-elected. That is, yep. that is the standard. I mean, Bill Clinton was re-elected. George W. Bush was re-elected. Ronald Reagan was re-elected. Uh, yep. Barack Obama was re-elected. You know, George H.W. Bush losing was, a, was an upset that was unforeseen a year out. Um, you know, most, most presidents that run for re-election get re-elected. Um, you know, Richard yeah, Nixon was reelected. Sure. I mean, you just yeah, keep going back. If there ever has been a time where you have two one-term presidents of opposite parties. Back but, I'm, back. but I'm curious to see how they do that or if they do that, or if they look at it internally and say this, we don't have a candidate to do this. Let's see if there's enough, um, whether maybe, maybe you put a different candidate on the ticket with Biden in 2024 and, um, and see if if there's a way that you can get one last drop of juice out of that out of that orange, where you put a candidate on that ticket that the American public will go, okay, well, I realize this is because Biden would run Martin in 2024. He would be 82 years old. Um, you know, so if he runs for reelection at 82, his running mate is a significant story, and so you know. I, yeah. Like if he, I, I'd be curious. Does he? Is there a way for him to put someone on that ticket that the American people go? Okay, I'd be cool with that person. Um, you where it, it helps him, and you know, and then on the other side, it's can anyone steal the power of the Republican Party away from Donald Trump? And I'm curious, man. Does does he? Is he on the ticket again for the right for the Republicans? That's the great question. Uh, I. He seems to be hinting that he plans to run. Um, everybody that that seems to be in his circle seems to be hinting that he plans to run. Um, you know, I think the only other guy that's out there right now that would be a formidable opponent to him today, and again, we're way out. I mean, there's two years for people to emerge. But it's probably DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and, you know, his wife has yeah. cancer. And so you oh, want, does she? Yeah, you know she's no, she's know fighting cancer. So you wonder whether, you know, I got I, I met him, um, and of course, I mean, it was just kind of a, a fluke of me being in a at the right place at the right time. It was um, it was earlier this year. It was uh, I was at a conference down in um in Palm Beach, and 
his, his family was staying at the hotel where we were having the conference and, and man, he was walking around the halls with, with really no, you know, bodyguards or, uh, you know, I mean, he had, you know, one or two guys, uh, with him, but he was, you know, just being a normal dude. And, you know, I was walking, I was walking down the hall. He was, we were walking towards each other and, uh, you know, there was no huge entourage or crowd. And of course I knew who he was and he smiled, nodded, shook my hand, said hello. And I smiled, nodded, shook his hand, said hello. And we walked on, we didn't have a conversation or talk or anything like that. He probably thought I might be a constituent, but of course I'm not. But, um, but it was, uh, it was kind of a, you know, it was, it was different than I would have expected. I would have expected, you know, governor of Florida probably would be fully surrounded by, by bodyguards, but that was not the case. Yeah. I think he, he was a Navy SEAL. Was that correct? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So he's probably perfectly capable of kicking a guy like my ass if I did anything stupid. Yeah. He's, he's sharp. Um, I think the question on him politically that nobody knows the answer to one way or the other, really, I mean, he might be awesome at it. He might be awful at it is how does he handle, um, how honed up is he on foreign policy? How, how able is he to have a, a debate on a national stage about foreign affairs without coming across as incompetent that is that has hurt people like him in the past before he seems to be incredibly sharp on uh, domestic issues and very consistent so you mean you know and he's he's run florida during during covid so he's going to have that going for him on the domestic side he's going to have a clear um you know record and agenda to run on domestically but foreign policy has taken down people like him before Gotcha. You know, whether it whether it does with him or not, I have no idea. He might just be freaking amazing at it. I have no clue. Um, but that would be that would be the thing. I frankly, I think someone like him has a much better chance of winning in twenty twenty four than Trump does. I, I, I think I think Trump brings out the other side in a way that I don't know that DeSantis does. I mean, I you know, you can dislike DeSantis because he's a Republican or whatnot, but I don't know that it's easy to Feels like it would be hard. Feels like it would be hard to just hate the guy, and I it's mean, pretty easy to hate. They hate Trump. Our country, yeah. They hate um, and they hate Trump, and Trump yeah. does that crazy stuff on Twitter and all that that DeSantis doesn't. And DeSantis, you know, he, he he shows up and gets his picture made at a little mom and pop restaurant in Florida. Yeah, he prods. Goes on. He po- prods the far media. left pretty hard, but he's those people are never <laughs> voting for him anyway. Right. But right. but what what he doesn't do that Trump does. I mean, Trump turns off a lot of the moderates and 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 look. I mean, you know, and it's just one year in. But Biden has done nothing to endear himself to moderates in the first year of his presidency. So, you know, I think if the if the Republicans run Trump, I think they're doing the Democrats a favor. And I could be wrong. He won before and he could win again. But and he he did get seventy. Five and a half, seventy-six million votes, which is a a ton of votes. But he also, and I'm not giving the whole election fraud thing. If we're to believe the election numbers as they are, he motivated eighty-one million people to either vote for Joe Biden or against him, or against Trump. Yeah, and that's those are numbers you can't avoid. So, and I've I've read, and again, I'm not being conspiracy theorist here, but I have read that there there are even a a, a pretty large section of uh, of Democrats that think that that the election was fraudulent. 
Well, that's the, you know, the 2022, as we get into November, there's going to be a lot of talk about election procedures. And there's a lot of people out there that believe that a lot of this COVID stuff is being, you know, running the clock so that we can get to a place where mail-in voting is, is the norm and, you know, mail-in voting is easier to fix. And I don't know. I think those are, those are going to be stories that I suspect in the spring and the, in the summer that you and I are talking about on this show, because there's, there are people that whether it's right or wrong, and I think this is important to say it this way, whether they're right or whether they're wrong, there is a perception among a lot of people that everything wasn't on the up and up in, in 2020. And to me, this is such an easy fix for this. It's instead of having election day, have election weekend. Yeah. Open the polls for three days. Sure. Yeah, you got to pay some poll workers a little bit more, but I mean, we just got through doing eight gazillion in stimulus packages. Seems like we, <laughs> seems like we got it. We can we can do another gazi- two or three gazillion to pay poll and, workers, and it wouldn't even be that, you know. I mean, but it's open I'm, up. I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I know. Yeah, it's but make physicians. make it three days, and unless you have a a you know a medical excuse, you got to vote in person, and you know, and I think the other thing that's going to come up and, and and this is the perhaps the backlash of the whole vaccine uh card and all that stuff is hey you know to walk into a restaurant this when you go to new orleans this weekend they're going to ask for a vaccine card you can show a vaccine card shouldn't you have to show id so that that's going to be the other topic that's going to come up I, I think it's going to be a contentious year it's funny to me everybody at the beginning of a year goes oh this is going to be the best year ever Yep. This is going to be a really contentious year. You brace yourself. Yeah, you know, and I think folks who 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 drive who start the year with, oh, this is going to be the best year ever. It's man, you are setting yourself up for for you know to to be upset and mad. Um, I think uh, people who go in and go, hey, there's going to be good things that happen this year, and there's going to be bad things that happen this year. Um, you know, you set the you set the table for. When things go awry, you go, yep, that, you know, we knew there's just like this year with our whole transition going into the transition. I knew that, Hey, there's going to be really good things about what we're doing. And there's going to be some unknown unknowns that I'm going to have to encounter. And I don't even know what they are yet. And they're going to suck. And I know they're going to happen. And I just don't know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know why, but it's going to happen and it's going to suck. And, and guess what? Those things happened this year while we were transitioning and I, and when they happened, I was like, all right, well, we knew there was going to be something that was going to be stupid or make no sense or unexpected, and we're going to have to deal with it and figure it out. And we did. But I didn't go, oh, damn, the whole the whole year is ruined now because, you know, uh, Schwab had us do something different than SEI had us do. I knew there was going to be things that were going to go, you know, awry. And hell, man, we knew that we would probably lose, you know, a couple of clients during this transition. And we did. A couple of clients said, hey, you know what? If I'm having to make a move, there's a guy that I, uh, has the rest of my stuff in you know, Florida or wherever. We're just going to move everything there. I get that. But, man, we picked up a ton of new business this year, too, not even trying. Um, you know, just got referred new business. So, you know, yeah, I think you got to take the good with the bad. Let's have the, you know, a realistic expectation of the year, which is things are going to go good. Things are going to go bad. Let's just appreciate the yeah. the good and embrace the suck on the bad, right? It's why I don't do uh, I don't do resolutions per se. I don't 
I try not to walk into something where it's <laughs> yeah. where it's I, going I to fail be at those exercise resolutions every year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of diet. I kind of do more objectives. Like, okay, all right, we're starting the year fresh. So let's let's give this a shot. Let's tell myself that hey, we're going we're going to try to do these things well, understanding that there's going to be some failure. It's like the guy that's like, okay, well, this is going to be the year I eat no fried food. Oh yeah. Okay, and then on January the eighth. He yeah. eats chicken tender. I eat he a goes, French fry. He goes, yeah. I screwed it up. There goes that. Screw it. I'm done. No, no, no. Now no, we're no, no, not going to do it anymore. Yeah, so I'm just going to go load up, head to Popeye's. You can, you can, it's a much better thing to say, this is going to be the year I eat less fried food. Yeah. It's going to be the year you know, that and, I eat healthier, not I'm going to eat my, completely healthy. Dude, my wife is really good at that. You know, I'm going to give her a little bit of, of, of prop, and she didn't listen to the show, so this will never get me any brownie points. Um, I guess she gets tired of listening to me talk at home. There's no way she's going to listen to me talk on a podcast. Uh, but, man, she does a really good job with the whole nutrition stuff and the dieting. And I shouldn't say dieting. It's not dieting. It's For her, it's it's nutrition. And, um, man, she is really good at making a plan and executing with regard to what she puts on her body. And then, like, when we went to Disney, she said, look, I'm not even going to guilt and shame about – all of the junk and crap that I'm going to eat because I'm going to enjoy eating like crap. And we didn't eat like crap, but we did. You know, we had ice cream and we had, you know, maybe we had ice cream a couple times a day, you know, and we, and we, she was off of her, you know, her nutrition stuff. But then we got back home and man, she was uh, right back into it. And uh, she's really good at that, man. Uh, and, and sticking a plan, making a plan and sticking to it with, with the nutrition stuff. And she'll tell me, well, do you want to do this with me? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then like four or five days in, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go smash a pizza. And she's like, okay, well, I'm not smashing that pizza with you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to smash the whole thing by myself then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, dude, there's, there are people who are really good at that stuff. I, I happen to be uh, one of those that are not good at the exercise and like saying I'm going to do it and then doing it. When I was racing, I did, but I, I mean, I hadn't raced since 2016. So. Well, hey, um, I wish you, I know you got a busy weekend coming up. Hope you have safe travels and I uh, yeah. hope you enjoy your time in New Orleans and um, be safe. Yeah, Memphis and, too, man. Yeah, Memphis and New Orleans. I'll and be so, in your neck of the woods. Yeah. So we'll be careful. And Happy uh, New Year, bro. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to everybody out there for making yeah. us a part of your, uh, of your routine. We certainly appreciate it. We will be back, uh, I guess, next Thursday with our first Mind on My Money of 2022. If you're traveling, be safe, take care, and um, Happy New Year to everyone out there. From Martin, I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.